working for yourself is a wonderful thing, certainly in my opinion. Being self-employed gives you the opportunity to control your destiny, to work with the people that you want to work, to make money, deliver your why, and all those other wonderful things that running your own business involves. Obviously, it has its responsibilities that you have to take on. And today, one of the responsibilities I'm going to be talking about is when you have to do that thing that millions of people would rather watch paint dry, poke their eyes out with a stick, is actually preparing your self-employed tax return. I'm going to be focusing in this podcast on the UK, but the lessons that we take away from this podcast can apply to any tax jurisdiction in the world. Obviously, with one or two exceptions on the specifics. You're listening to the I Hate Numbers podcast with Mahmood Reza. The I Hate Numbers podcast mission is to help your business survive and thrive by you better understanding and connecting with your numbers. Number loving care is what it's about. Tune in every week. Now here's your host, Mahmood Reza. Hi folks, my name is Mahmood. I'm an accountant. I'm an educator and a mentor, and I'm author of the book, I Hate Numbers. This book is a recommended read, not just my words for it, but those people who bought the book and used it to help understand what to do in their businesses, look at planning, look at their mindsets, and help them power their businesses to where it should be. There's a link in the show notes, if of interest. In this podcast, I'm going to be looking at the self-employed tax return in the United Kingdom, what you need to think about before you start entering those numbers, the key numbers that you need to put in your self-employed tax return, and then what you need to do at the end of that process. My mission in life has been to help businesses earn more money, deliver their why, increase their financial awareness and help them win more battles than they lose between their ears, and ultimately to make profits and have the business they aspire to. Let's crack on with a podcast. Now, in last week's episode, we looked at the composition of the United Kingdom tax return. And as a reminder, it was made up of two key elements. There's the core return, which pretty much everyone has to complete. It can feel quite daunting and overwhelming, but if you follow it and your affairs are relatively straightforward, it should be an okay DIY job to do. If you feel overwhelmed by that, you value your time and you rather hand it over to the professionals, by all means do that. And check out my show notes, by the way, folks, if you haven't used an accountant before, about what to look for when you adopt a new accountant. Let's stay within the framework of what this week's podcast is all about. Now, when it comes to completing the self-employed, and in the United Kingdom, by the way, the tax office considers self-employed individuals to be those who are individuals, not running through their businesses through companies, but individuals, sole traders, freelancers, take the term that you feel best fits, but in technical terminology, it's called the self-employed pages. Now, one of the first questions we need to consider is on what's the basis on which we're entering the numbers into our tax return. Now, you have two choices. In the context of a tax return, you can either enter information based on what's called the traditional method, or you can use what's called the cash basis. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, what are those two methodologies? Surely numbers are numbers. Not quite so, in the context of accounts, and especially in the context of a tax return for a UK business. Now, traditional accounting, let me illustrate this by way of example. Let's assume in your business, you have clients by which you give credit terms to. 
So you do work for them, you sell a product, you provide something that they want, and you give them time to pay their bill. So if, for example, you've delivered goods or delivered a service on the 1st of February, you've done that work, you issue the invoice out to the customer, but they delay and don't physically pay you, that money doesn't go into your bank account until, let's say, in a couple of months' time, then you've got two time events. In traditional accounting, that income has been generated, that profit, hopefully, has been earned on the day that you deliver the product, on the day that you deliver your service, i.e. the 1st of February. In the context of the tax return, though, the cash has actually been received in April. And if we say, for example, it's been received at the beginning of May, end of April, then in tax terms, that receipt, that money coming in, is recorded later. So cash basis is purely based on physically, when does that money land in your bank account? When does that money leave your bank account? And whatever that cash profit may be, that's the principle and that's the figures that go into the tax return for 21-22. Under traditional accounting basis, we effectively prepare accounts on when the activity has occurred and we use that basis to enter the figures into our tax return. Now, you may be thinking, well, when should I use one? When should I use the other? Let me give you a brief overview now, and a future podcast will look at the cash basis in much more detail. Now, if your affairs are relatively straightforward, you don't have any inventory, for example, you don't have any significant time delays between money coming into your bank and the work being done. If it's relatively straightforward, if you don't have any interest or bank charges more than £500, if you don't need to use your accounts, to go for a loan, to go for a mortgage, if you don't need to use your accounts to claim any losses against your self-employed business, then cash basis may be suitable for you. For all our clients, by those a footnote, folks, we always use the traditional basis. It gives a much more accurate picture of profitability and it irons out those fluctuations between cash coming in at one point in time and cash going out. You can have volatility in the cash profits that you have, so use the method carefully. Again, check the show notes where there's a link for more details on that cash basis. Now, having made that decision, we are now in a position to put the figures into our tax return. And typically, the self-employed section, it's a lovely sort of orangey, sort of yellowy colour, will ask you the details about your business. So what is the name of your business? In what time period are you preparing the accounts? For the vast majority of self-employed businesses, sole traders, their accounting year, especially if it's ongoing, will be made up to the 5th of April of the tax year. And we're focusing here, folks, by the way, for what's called the 21-22 tax year. That sounds odd, doesn't it? And that's the tax year that runs between the 6th of April 2021 up to and including the 5th of April 2022. So if your business is established already and it's been trading before the 6th of April 21, then you need to enter the information for your accounts are made up typically to the 5th of April 22. You also need to make sure your business details are correct. And if you have moved house, you've changed address for the last 12 months, make sure you mark the box. It's box three, by the way. I put an X in that box, X marks the spot, and that enables HMRC to update your tax records. The last thing you want is information sent by HMRC going to an address you no longer have contact with. In the context of self-employment, you have two choices. You either have something called the short pages, which I'm going to be focusing on in this podcast, or you go for the much longer form. How do you know which one to use? Well, 
if your levels of income, i.e. your turnover, is less than £85,000, which, by the way, is the current VAT threshold, then you use the short pages. If your business has started partway during the year, let's say, for example, six months into the year, June 21, 22, and your income, your turnover is 50,000, on an annual basis, that's 100,000. So you can't use the short pages. Now, when you enter in your turnover, and that's effectively the value of the goods that you've sold, the value of the services you provided, it's not the profit, it's the actual level of turnover. Some people call it revenue. Then the box nine is that income, excluding any grants that you may have received due to COVID. And under no circumstances, put your self-employed grant in that box. Now, box 10, if you've received a lockdown grant or any other COVID-related support from your local authority or the like, then put that into box 10. Typically, you may have staff that you're employing, you may have received a furlough grant, and that goes into box 10. Again, there'll be a link in the show notes, by the way, folks, to a more visual representation. It's always a challenge talking numbers over in a podcast. Just like people's face for radio, this is numbers in a podcast form. Hopefully, it's making a lot of sense. Now, having put the turnover in there, we then look at the expenses that we're claiming. Now, the key thing is the figures that we enter into the boxes, boxes 11 up to and including 20, represent the business component of the cost only. So if, for example, you've got a mobile phone, and let's say, for example, the mobile phone bill for the year is £600, of that £600, what proportion, what amount is business usage? Unusual to make it 100%. So if you say it's 80% business use, then effectively £480 is the figure that goes into the requisite box, typically box 18, which is made up of phone, telephony, stationery, and the like. Again, a link in the show notes to show you the breakdown of what those boxes represent. Now, each of the boxes is a summary of the expenses that you've had for the year that we're looking at. And we go from box 11, which is made up of, for a retailer, a manufacturer, items that you've purchased in, you've manufactured, goods, physical goods that you've sold on, goes into box 11. Box 12 is anything to do with transportation costs, so whether you're using your bicycle, your car, your motorbike, public transportation, train tubes, even planes, all those figures go into box 12. And remember, it's the business component only. If you want to check back to uh, last week's episode, we talked about choices, whether you use what's called a simplified expenses methodology for claiming travel expenses. So if you're using a car, your choice is either look at the actual cost of running the vehicle, take the business proportion and use that one, or use a flat mileage rate. Once that choice is made, you cannot chop and change each year. Box 13, if you've got staff on PAYE, their figures go in there. If you're using freelancers, then freelancer costs also go into box 13. Do not, under any circumstances, include money that's paid out to you, which in accounting world, the tax world, we call drawings, that does not go anywhere on the personal tax return. We may call them wages, but they are not tax deductible. As we move down, we might be working from home, partly or fully, and you can claim for the use of your premises, working from home. Again, you can either claim a flat rate or you can look at the actual household costs and attribute a proportion of that to your business usage. Also put in things like insurance costs as well. As we move through the boxes, 
boxes 15 covers any repairs and maintenance that you might have now remember these aren't new items that you've acquired these are maintaining those items in a good state of repair box 16 is anything you've got so if you've used a bookkeeper or you've got an accountant who's doing this for you then their fees will go into box 16. when it comes to box 17 bank and interest charges flagging up from last week remember we have to put the amount that's attributable on our business account if you've got a mixed account issues for personal and business it's going to be problematic i.e you can't do that to actually put the bank charges and the interest charges in there because you cannot calculate accurately how much is attributable to your business bank activity as we move forward we've mentioned about telephony communication costs again reinforcing make sure we only put the business dimension the business component in any personal amounts must be disregarded and cannot be claimed box 19 if there's a category that doesn't fit what you've got then put it into i was going to say dump it in put it into box 19 all those can be added up to give you the total allowable expenses now some people perfectly acceptable just put one single figure which you're allowed to do my personal preference with myself and my clients is always to break that number down and to spread it amongst the different categories the more disclosure you have the less likelihood hmrc will pick up and say what's going on here so for me i prefer to take the front foot and actually have that level of transparency now if you've acquired any capital assets for your business so any equipment new computers machinery and the like you are allowed to claim 100 percent of the cost of that item but only claim it on the business element so if you bought a brand new pc and you are saying that 80 percent of it is used for business then 80% of that purchase cost can be claimed as an allowance. Now, whether you should do or not depends on a number of circumstances, but as a default position, if you're making profits, you don't need to worry too much about what profits you disclose. Then the general recommendation is to claim the maximum you can. Now, lastly, when we come to the last section, is your self-employed support grant. Now, when COVID kicked off, when it started for the self-employed, there was strict terms called a self-employment income support grant or SEIIS. There were potentially five grants that were made. In the normal situation, two of those grants would have been paid in the 21-22 tax year. Now, for many businesses who were fortunate enough to get this support grant here, it's great as in terms of a financial contribution, but it's still taxable and it's still subject to national insurance. So put that figure in, check your bank statements, check your tax accounts, and put what you physically received into boxes 27.1. Now, assuming a straightforward situation, no losses from previous years, no losses for the current year, etc., then that should be all that you need to compute. Now, the only thing that I can't help you with is actually physically paying the tax. Get that return completed, check it, make sure you're happy, get it submitted, and then the tax is for you to sort out. If you can't pay that, as I said from last episode, check the show notes for the link. Then make sure you get into a dialogue with HMRC as quickly as possible. They are very receptive to doing that, to having those conversations to come up with payment plans. So folks, I hope you got some value from this episode. So we talked about the self-employed pages. Make sure you've assembled the correct data. Think about the methodology that you're going to be using. Is it traditional or cash-based? Think about what you're going to claim for. Put that in there. And then that's your task done for another year. 
If you feel that's getting too much for you, a better use of your time, and you want to seek some additional support, some help getting somebody to do your tax return, then there's a link in the show notes as how to choose your accountant. Always happy to hear from our wonderful listeners. And until next week, folks, happy tax returning. We hope you enjoyed this episode and appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show. We hope you got some value. If you did, then we'd love it if you shared the episode. We look forward to you joining us next week for another I Hate Numbers episode. Listener.